to your feet and turn to Matthew's gospel, uh, chapter number 16. Matthew chapter number 16, and I believe I'm going to start in verse number 15. When you arrive there, you can say amen. Amen. And he, Jesus, said to them, who, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for this moment that we have. The next few moments, Lord, to learn and to understand, Lord, the scope of who we are as the people of God and as the church. God, we thank you so much that you have adopted us into the family of God. And Father, it should never be taken lightly that, Lord, that you have called us your children. What a privilege and honor it is, Lord, to be considered the children of the living God. To them who believe, to them you gave the right or power to become become sons of the living God. And that's who we are today. We're your people. We are your church, God. You have called us for such a time as this. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would take my mouth and my mind and, Father, arrange my thoughts, Lord, so they might flow in good continuity, Lord, with what you want to communicate to your people. Father, I'm your conduit. Use me for your own glory. And as always, Father, we'll be careful to give you the praise. And all God's people said, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord today. I want to begin this message today talking about something that I think is very, very important, and that is uh, the church. I want to talk to you about what is the church, its function, its purpose, and how we are to understand it. Bill Hybels, who is a great uh, preacher who passes a very large church, uh, Bill Hybels once said, and I didn't coin his phrase, but I, you, oftentimes you will hear me repeat it. He said that he believed that the church is the hope of the world. And it is something that I feel very, very strongly about. I really believe with everything that is in me that all that we need in life, everything that men Women, boy, girls, government, kings, countries, whatever you want to call it, 
I believe that everything that people need is found in the life of the church. Everything. And yet we understand that the devil does everything that he can to try to stop it. So there's no one is confused about the fact that the church is under attack. Now, granted, there are some who have taken advantage of the flock of God. There are some who are leaders who haven't always behaved in a way that is um, um, uh, full of integrity. Uh, you know, we have some who sometimes will try to fleece the flock and take advantage of the church and those kinds of things. And, and so we know that that happens because part of it is the Bible says that the wheat and the tear grows up together. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so Jesus says, leave them alone. I'll separate them in the right time. But the problem is when you have the wheat and the tear growing up together, you're going to have some problems. Y'all, y'all understand what I'm saying? You're going to have the enemy working within the fabric of the life of the church. So many of this, though, is because of the church's mission and who we're called to be. We understand that we are going to be under attack. We understand that the church, that the enemy is going to do everything he can to minimize the church's influence in the earth. All Stafford County happens to be our place of influence where God has called us to. And I believe, and if you haven't figured it out yet, Stafford, it can be a very, very difficult uh, 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 terrain to try to navigate as it relates to trying to bring people out of darkness into the kingdom of God. And so it's a, it's a challenge, but how do we know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? So we understand that there is, I believe, somewhat of confusion about the mission of the church. Some view church as a social club, just a place to come out hang out and have a great time and meet friends, and, you know, that's part of it. But how do you know that's not the end goal of the church? There's some who believe that the church is just, is what I would call a worldly term, the happy hour, you know? Anybody know what a happy hour is? Some of you, some of you still do know what a happy hour is. But, but how do you know the church is not a, a happy hour? It's not, it's not a place where, where, where we just come and, and it's all about God just making us Happy. Not that. Happiness sometimes is a byproduct of serving God. But, you know, the end goal of church is to conform us to the image of Christ. And if you and, and hopefully as you're being conformed to the image of Christ, you'll be happy. Although sometimes you will not be because how many know that a lot of times God will rub against the grain of who we are. And oftentimes when God rubs against the grain of who we are, we resist what God wants to do in and through our lives. So we understand that today that many, and if, you, if you're paying attention and you're discerning in the spirit, there, there are many people uh, that are sort of turning away from the church. And, and let me say this, and I believe that some, quote unquote, believers are even looking to other alternatives, seeing church as somewhat of an option to participate in or, you know, that, 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 that church and, and gathering together with other saints is not that important. Let me hasten to say to you that I want to talk to you today and I'm going to bring this thing uh, where we can really understand. We're going we're gonna to bring it home so that we can all understand that church and gathering together as believers is not an option. Look at your neighbor and say coming to church is not an option. It's not an option. 
And there are many people today that treat church just that way. You know, they get up sometimes, man, if it, man, you know, if it's raining out, well, I guess I better chill. But yet we'll, you know, we'll go, we'll drive in a snowstorm. Come on. We'll drive hundreds of miles if we need to, to go to work. But we won't drive 10 miles if we get a little bit of uh, what I call um, uh, adversity when it comes to gathering with the people of God. Now, why is this so important? It's so important because really to understand what it is that God has called you to be and do as a Christian, it is done. Oftentimes, you're going to discover that within the context of, within the context of gathering with other believers. That is the way that God has designed it. How many of you find yourself, those who are regular church, you come to church on a regular basis, you gather. How many of you have found yourself when you don't come to church, you, you feel like a fish out of water? Come on. You don't feel right. Some, because you know instinctively you're supposed to be gathering together with other believers. And let me hasten to say this right on the off front. Christians go to church. Let me say it again. Christians go to church. I want you to say it with me. Christians go to church. One more time. Christians go to church. It's what we do. It's, it's not optional. We have built our lives and we structured our lives in such a way as, as a family that our lives is built around the gathering together around the saints. We have been this way, my wife will tell you, since we first got saved. And let me hasten to say to you, if, if, if your life is not that, how many know that the devil will always keep you busy? The devil will always do everything he can to keep, if you're thin-skinned, the enemy is going to do everything he can to keep you from getting into your destiny. Because let me tell you something, your destiny is tied to us, to other like-minded believers. You understand that? Your destiny, if you study the scriptures, I know many of you do. That the context, when the Bible talks about uh, our gifts and our calling, it is always within the context of gathering with other believers. Check it out yourself. And we'll do a little bit of explaining that here today. I hear sometimes people say, man, I can be a, I can be a good Christian and, and not go to church. Uh, let me, okay, it's like a, a wannabe doctor saying, I can be a really, really good doctor, but I don't have to go to medical school. Can I ask you a question? How many of you are going to go see that doctor for a serious issue? Let's be honest. In any other professional institution, come on, we, 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 got, we know we have to be trained to do what we do. But somehow when it comes to being a Christian, we go, oh, well, you know, I just kind of skate on that. I don't really have to show up. I don't. And then we've come to a place where we've even become content of not really understanding who we are as the people of God. I mean, no, that got to change. You got to know who you are, because if you don't know who you are, you will be tossed around like a dirt, like a dirty rag. The enemy is going to he's going to make you his slave. It is a power. There is something about coming together with the people of God that is absolutely amazing. You can't even explain it. But but how many of you have you, you come to church sometimes and, and you get around like minded believers and there's and there's something that stares you on the inside. A couple of verses. How many know that Jesus is the builder of the church? <laughs> so why do we come to church? Why do we why do we need to? Because now 
I need to address this because there are a lot of people, number one, they don't really understand what the purpose of a church is. And there's a lot of people, like I said before, they don't even really know why I need to come to church. You know that there are some folks right now who don't own fellowship with other believers on a regular basis and they believe that God has called them to do that. The Internet church. Y'all heard of that? Come on. I got my pastor. I heard people say my pastor, my pastor's on TV. I heard people say Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen don't know who you are. How can somebody be your pastor? You have no real relationship with them. How many know your, your pastor, your shepherd speaks into your life and you give them the authority to do that? And, it's, and, and, and if you're not there, like the Bible says, you need look at names and say, you need to be there. This is what the Bible says. Then, then you're really not inside of the will of God. And so we're going to show you that here today. Matthew 16, verses 15 through 18. And so I really want to explain because I, and let, me, let me say this before I jump into it. And here's what I'm after. I wanted to be that whether you stay here at this church for the next month, year, two, three, four years, or if you get relocated someplace else, I want you to develop a conviction that no matter what you do, where you go, the church and gathering with other believers, that you would make it something that you absolutely do every time. You'll make it a priority in your life. Because how many of those serious-minded Christians, this is the way we think. Every Christian is supposed to be connected with a body of believers. Are y'all hearing that today? That's why we have authority structures within the church so that somebody can follow, somebody can lead, somebody can follow. This is established by God. Look at this verse. Jesus says, he says here in, in verse number 17, Jesus said, uh, he said and answered, Blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is what? In heaven. He says, and, and I also say to you that Peter, that, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Now, let's, let's, let's deal with this a little bit. Now, obviously, it's my belief, and some differ on this depending on, you know, what commentary you read, but it's my belief that when Jesus was saying that Peter upon this rock, I believe that Jesus was speaking about the rock, meaning the truth of what Peter just stated, that you are the son of God, that you are God in flesh. You are that Messiah that was promised. You are. And Jesus said, upon this rock, in other words, Peter, upon this truth, I will build my church. Ah, how many know that no man build the church of God? How many know God's church is built by him? And watch this. He gets to determine what the rules are. He gets to determine how the church is to be governed. He sets the rules. Why? Because it's his church. If you come to my house, I got certain rules. And if you like it or not, these are my rules. If I tell you, take your shoes off at the door, come on. Take your shoes off at the door. If I say I don't want you eating downstairs, don't eat downstairs. Everybody understand that. How many know that the church is his church, Jesus? He determines how we're supposed to function. He's the one that sets the agenda for the church. Now, I know that, that the enemy is trying to, uh, trying to uh, uh, do a hostile takeover of the church. I know what I'm talking about. But, but here's what I like about it, because Jesus said this. He says, he says, watch this. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Now, watch. What it means now, watch this, church. What it means is that what? Watch this. 
that you know Satan is going to attack the church. Now, let me do a little bit of work because when you think of church, you think of a building. You think, understand the church is you. See, the Bible said that the Greek word for church is ecclesia, and it means the called out ones. So when I talk about the church, I'm talking about you. If you're a Christian, the church is you. How many know you make up the church? The building is not the church. The church is holy because the people of God gather here. You understand what I'm saying? So no building is the church. You are the church. So every time, whatever place you walk into, the people out of there, here comes the church. And I'm going to show you some verses here in a moment that's going to drive that point home. And so, so when I talk about the enemy is going to attack the church, he's going to attack you. Because you are a living stone. You are the church. So how's the enemy going to attack you? He's going to attack your family. He's going to attack your marriage. He's going to attack your children. He's going to do everything he can because he don't want you in an environment where you can hear the will of God for your life. And if you don't get discerning, this is why, listen to me, y'all listen to me, say amen. This is why, say amen, come on, work with me. This is why some folk don't get it. Every time you stay home and you don't gather with the believers, you are making yourself more susceptible to what the enemy is trying to do in your life. Is it no wonder? And there there are so many people, I, I don't know, it's amazing, but they say they love God and they don't even understand the biblical principle of the church. And how that the church, they, they, we gather. I'm going to give you some reason in a moment why we're called to do that. But the church is not a Pastor Gary thing. Our gathering, so when I speak of coming to church, understand, I want to I clarify. So when I speak of coming to church, I'm talking about gathering together. Y'all get it? Because technically, you really can't go to church. You are the church. So wherever you go, you're the church. So but when I say going to church, I want you to understand we're saying you're gathering are gathering together as the people of God. So it says here that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You know why the gates of hell will not prevail against it? Because Jesus said he's going to fight for it. He's not going to let it happen. But you know what, though? You can allow the devil to beat you up if you're not careful. You can give place to the devil. How many know that you as a Christian, you can relinquish territory to the enemy? So you have the victory. But the way that we overcome is how many know you got to walk in your victory? You can't give the devil place. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying? A lot of people are in trouble today because they're out of what? Come on. If you're not where you're supposed to be, uh, come on, parents. Isn't that what we tell our kids all the time? Look, where are you supposed to be? If you, look, don't be hanging out with the wrong people. Don't be in the wrong spot. How many know there's some people, I'm talking about members of FC, I'm talking about attenders that are supposed to be here today that are not here because it's optional. I'm just speaking truth. Some people have legitimate reasons, but I'm going to tell you the truth. If you call yourself a Christian, you ought to come to church. Every, you don't debate. How many know Christians don't debate whether or not we're going to church? We don't debate. You don't sit back and, oh, well, I'm going to go to church. No, no, no. Church, that, my, my kids, everybody in the house understand, even our soccer games, I'm just being honest. Well, on church Sunday, we go to church. I want to establish that principle because it's how we come together. We worship God. We build everything around the church and our gathering together. Why? Because God called us to do it. Now watch. Stay with me. Y'all stay with me. Say amen. First Peter 2, 6, because I'm giving you some understanding about what the church is about. Watch this. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture. 
Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. He who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Jesus is the chief cornerstone. That means that the church is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. It's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. A moment ago, I said to you that the church is a people. It's not a building. Here's my, here's my scripture verse for it. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Look at this. And coming to him as to a living stone. How many know you're a living stone? All right. That's what you are. You're a living stone, rejected indeed by men. How many know every Christian that's walking with God, you're going to be rejected by men? Understand it. You're going to be rejected by men. But you are chosen by God. Look at the name and say, I'm chosen by God, and I'm precious. Do you believe that you are chosen and precious? Do you believe that about yourself? If you call yourself a Christian and you don't believe that, then either something wrong with your faith or you don't know who you are. I am precious. I am chosen. When I stand before you to minister this word, I come before you very confident in who I am. I walk in my rights. It's like the folks used to say back in the days of slavery, man, you know, I want my rights. How many know people die for their rights? I want my rights as a kingdom citizen, and I'm going to walk in it. I'm not going to let the devil steal from me. Watch this now. So he said, then coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and what? Precious. You also as living stones, get this church, are being built up. A, a, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So, so here, here, here's, here's, here's the context. So, so I'm the church. When we gather together, we are producing something holy and something. Pre- How many know that God loves it when his people come together? Oh, God loves it. When God, he said, men will know that you're my disciple by, by the love you have one for another. How many know that when we come together, it gets God's attention when the, the ecclesia, when, they, when it, the called out ones, look at the neighbor and say, I'm called out. You know, when the called out ones gather together and we come to church, God gets excited about that. Let me tell you some miracles and things happen when there's an atmosphere of faith amongst God's people. Are y'all hearing that? Things happen when the people of God come together that won't necessarily happen when you're just by yourself. Because here's the thing sometimes. How many know sometimes you lose your focus? Sometimes you ain't inspired. There have been days that my, my own personal walk with God, I mean, it's a struggle. But boy, when I come into an atmosphere where the people of God are crying out to God and they're worshiping God and they're celebrating, boy, let me tell you, I get inspired. Because I'm called to this. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? See, you are my people. I'm yours. We are one. And look at the neighbor and say, you need me. And look look at the neighbor again and say, and I need you. And that's the way God designed it. Now, I'm going to watch this. Now, how many know that we are part part of one another? Look at this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I don't have a lot of time, so I can't read all of this because I really want to get through this. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. (laughs) You know, it's amazing how God does stuff. How many know that God is setting some things in order? Y'all hearing that this morning? (laughs) Y'all got to flow with this. Watch. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 and 21. Watch this. He said, for in fact, the body is not one member. I'm going to read this fast. Are y'all ready? 
Now watch, you got to stay with me. If the foot should say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not of the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. We are tied together. Now watch, when my feet, listen to me, my body, you know, if, if my hand, if my fingers, if my eye is missing, I'm going to be like, where's my eye? Where's my foot? How many know that all of us are part of the body? You, everybody have a role. We're the body of Christ. And when my foot ain't here, when my eye ain't, I'm like, where you at? Come on, church, y'all hear what I'm saying? You know, you know I'm in, my, my foot, listen, I'm, the, I'm, I'm a body. And so watch this. It's all tied together. I know where every aspect of me, I know where I am. I'm one body. You know, we got, how many know, we got people in a church who got a solo mentality. Man, I'm, a, I'm an island to myself. I don't need the church. I can stay at home and do my Bible study. That is so unscriptural, it is pathetic. I'm, in fact, I'm going to go out on a limb. Anybody that talk like that, they don't even know, they don't know the basic Bible. And watch this. Now watch. I wonder if they even are even right with God. Because how many know that to love God is to love his people? And if, hey, oh, come on. Jesus died for people. He came down off of his throne, what? To reach people. And we are the people of God. And listen, I, I need you, you need me. We are tied together in this thing. And if you're not here where you're supposed to be, how many know that there's something? Look, there may be somebody here that need a deliverance, that may need a word, but you know what? How many know the deliverance and the word don't always come from here? It might come from your mouth right there. But you ain't even, listen, but you're not here to get it. Because you're too selfish thinking about yourself. You don't understand that what you do affects me. Oh, boy. Is anybody getting this? Because we're tied together. And so how many of us are missing what God has for us because the body is disjointed, out of whack? People are not where they're supposed to be. Oh, gosh. And, and Acts chapter 2, y'all know Acts chapter, you know, Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 47. Look at this verse. Look at this. And they continue. Everybody say continue. Boy, that's a big word right there, continue. You know, one of the things that people say to me all the time, they, you know, back when I was, I was lifting weights, I used to lift a lot of weight. I don't lift as much weight now. I do more cardio stuff because, you know, uh, the evolution, age, you know how that works. So, so I say, people say to me all the time, say, say how, do you, how, do you get, how do you get big like that, man? And, you know, because you know, I used to have some big muscles. I don't have them I mean, now. I'm just, you know. A shadow of myself. But, but I, used to, I used to be pretty ripped because I stayed in the gym literally almost seven days a week. I was, and, I, and the one thing I used to say to them all the time, I wasn't even walking with the God back in those days. And what I used to say to them all the time is consistency. I stayed at it. I went to the gym when I didn't even want to go to the gym. Sometimes I went to the gym when I was tired. Has anybody came to church this morning you were tired? That's normal. You're supposed to come to church. 
How many know you're not always going to feel well? There are many times I walked in the gym, I didn't feel like it. But I did it anyway. And because I stayed faithful, I grew to be a massive man. I was in great shape. But here's the key, consistency. If you're going to be in great shape as a Christian, you got to continue. Look at the neighbor and say, continue. In other words, you got to be consistent. You're going to be always up and down until you get settled. Are you hearing me? You got to be settled. You got to listen. The kingdom of God suffer violence and the violence taken by force. That means that sometimes you got to be radical and you got to fight. And, you know, and the fight is just simply, my wife said it earlier, the fight is just simply being obedient and doing what God told you to do. Just do the basic stuff. What did God say? Do that. And you'll get victory in your life. So I got to tell you this stuff because I love you. Because there's a culture that's developing that's that, that not coming. I, I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, I've been in church for many years. I've never understood it to be the church was optional. I just never, I don't understand. It's a spirit. I know it's a spirit of the enemy. Because how many, oh, good God, I, I want to get ahead of myself. Y'all, stay, stay with me for a moment. So watch this. So watch this. And so they continue steadfastly. I'm still in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and 47. So they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. Everybody say together. All who believed was what? All who believed was what? All who believed was what? Are y'all seeing this? They were together. And I bet some of them had colds. Come on. I bet some of them had rashes. I bet some of them won't feel in that well, but they were together. Are y'all hearing me? I'm preaching what I live. Many of you, you've been here, you've been here for a while. How many times have you seen your pastor? Do you not think I get sick sometimes? Do you not think I get tired sometimes? I persevere. And one of the reasons why I work to stay in good shape is so that I can serve my God with great honor and I'll do what I got to do. But man will not get more honor out of my life than God. If I can give it to the man, I'm going to give it to God. And more so. Are you hearing me? So verse 46. So continuing daily. Everybody say daily. With one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. Oh, God. And they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord blessed and added to them daily those that were being saved. So in summary, watch this. Watch this. In summary, they had Bible study together. Everybody say Bible study. How many know the Christians, you ought to be involved in your Bible study? If you call this church your house, can I preach today? Can I talk for real? If you call this your house, if you say that this is the place, you know, when the Bible says you're supposed to be here. Now, there are some legitimate reasons why people get legitimate. But most of the time, it's, it's, it's not convenient. Oh, I'm preaching. I, I, I'm going to bring it today. I'm going to listen, because watch this. Watch this, because it is for your benefit. Your benefit. They had Bible study together. In other words, they, they continue in the apostles' doctrine. 
But the apostles were teaching, man, they said, man, we're committed. We're going to obey. There was no rebellion against authority. There was no rebellion against leadership. Well, I ain't going to listen to what that, that, that apostle say. Who he is? I'm just as anointed as he is. I do what I want to do. I stay home. Well, you stay home with your rebellious self and see how far that'll get you. How many know it don't work in the kingdom? Come on, it don't work. See, they were, see, watch it. They had fellowship with the premium. They went they, every, every day. Everybody say daily. Man, they like hanging out with each other. They just daily just hung out. Breaking bread, they met. And, you know, it's, it's tough for us to get folk to hang out once a week. We ain't talking about daily. Just, brother, come the first day of the Minimally, come the first day of the week. They had, look at this, they were in unity. They had all things come. Everybody say all things. All things come means that, listen, there was no gossiping and talking about one another. No, no, no. They, they, they said, you know what, we're going to be intentional about this. We're going to be serious about this. They met each other's need. Oh, God. You know, how they, you know how they met each other's need? You know, how would they, the, only way that, the only way that I'm going to meet your need is I got to have knowledge that you have a need. If you ain't ever here, how do I know what you, I have, I've had people sometimes complain, say, well, the, the pastor didn't do this, and they hardly even show up. I ain't God, I'm his servant. I'm not all places at one time. And sometimes God don't always tell me everything. I'm sorry. Are you, are you hearing me? He doesn't always tell me everything. But we got to, but, but listen, if, I, if, if when you're in fellowship with believers and you're letting me into your life, then I know how I can help you. But if you won't let me in, if you never show up or if, you, if you're sporadic, how do I know? I don't, I didn't know your marriage, brother. I didn't know your marriage was that bad. I mean, I, really, I, I had no idea. How I many know it should not be, it should not creep up on us if somebody here have a problem with their marriage? That's, nobody has to be shocked. They should, they, they should have been talking to somebody alone. I need help, brother. My marriage is jacked up. But we keep this stuff down on the inside. And then what's worse is soon, sometimes, sometimes, soon as, it, as the service is over, you find the quickest door to get out because you don't want to let nobody in. And so you head out of that door and you said you had church. No, not really. Let me tell you something. Part of your church experience is getting to know me. We need to talk a little bit. We need to deal with something. I need you. How I many you know, if you're a part of my body, I know everything that goes on in my body. I'm dealing with this thing called plantar fasciitis. Anybody heard of that? Every part of my body know what that is. If anybody ever had plantar fasciitis, you know it. And every aspect of my body, how many know that we are supposed to be in such a way that folk are supposed to know where you're hurting at? What's going on with you? What's happening? See, this is, this is the benefit of church. Look at the neighbor and say, this is for your benefit. Listen, I want you to understand, I'm not mad. I'm passionate because I'm crazy in love with you, and I want you to get everything God has for you. And sometimes the way you got to deal with the devil, you can't play with him. You can't be nice. You got to chase him out. I mean, Jesus said, get thee behind me. Say, it wasn't no big, long discussion. It is written. Go. Boom. That's it. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Bam. Out of here. Done. That's how you deal with the spirit of the enemy. Are you hearing me? Now watch this. 
So why do we come to church? Give me, give me another 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, and I'll be done. So why, why, why come to church? Why do we gather together as Christians? Now, you may, some of you may be saying, well, Pastor Bailey, uh, this is like uh, elementary. You do not know that the Bible says we're to be hearers of the word. Uh, we're to be doers of the word, but not hearers only. Just because you know something don't mean you don't need to hear it again. How many know the children of Israel, they knew a lot of stuff, but they ain't obeying? And you know what? And sometimes we're going to keep preaching it until you get it, until we see the change come. Then when he going to get up off of that? When you change. When he going to start preaching about that? Well, when you change. How many know that you're dull of hearing? And then what the scripture says? That's why Jesus, he spent, that's why God spent in, in the book of Deuteronomy. You know, if you go back and read the book of Deuteronomy, it was calling the people of God. If you go back and read the theme of the book, just remember everything God brought you through. Go back because y'all forget. How I many know we're forgetful people? And, and you don't know what you think. If, you, if, if God is giving it to you again, because obviously there's something you're supposed to get, you didn't get the first, you got to hear it again. How many of you have had to hear it again and again and again and again and again? Come on, let's be honest. I had to hear it again. How many of you are tired of talking to your kids? How many times do I have to keep telling you to clean the room? How many times do I have to tell you to pick up the trash? Is any parents in the house? Come on. You have to keep doing, telling them over and over and over again. And it wears you out. But at some time, at some point, you got to mature past that. You're supposed to just be able to do what God's called you to do after a little while. Come on, church. See, after a little, when you become an adult, when Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. In other words, when I matured, there was something different in my life, the way I conducted myself. So why do we, why do we gather? Watch this. There's just a few, a few of these and we're done. Because we are commanded to. Is that good enough? Jesus said this. Watch this. This is Hebrews. Now, I believe that there are many Bible, biblical scholars that believe that the uh, Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. We don't know for certain, but it is my feeling based on the context and how the writer, the book of Hebrews is written, it patterns the way that Paul wrote his other letters. So in my opinion, I think the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. But here's what it says in Hebrews chapter number 10, verse 25. He says, watch this, not forsaking, y'all with me? Y'all still with me? Come on, say amen. Come on, do we, get, do we need to stand up for a minute and make sure everybody got their breath? I, I, need, you, I need you to help me preach. Come on, we're one body. Y'all know I need you, right? Come on, I need you. I need you. Come on, work, work with the brother. Come on, let's go. If you believe I'm preaching the truth, say amen. amen. Come on, if you believe it, then receive it with joy. Receive it today. It's going to get us free. It's going to help somebody because you're going to be responsible to help somebody else who ain't here who's supposed to be here today. And, you know, and when you don't see people, you ought to say, where you been? Where you at? Well, blah, 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 blah. well what, what is that guy? No, you, you need to come to church. We, we don't do that around here. We come to church. That's the way Christians live. And it's, say Christianity 101. Come to church. And now, I'm not, some of us are laughing, but you know, that's an epidemic. I'm just telling you, I'm just being honest. Watch this. He says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a manner some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the evil day approaching. So Paul, so listen, so the writer of Hebrew was saying this. Do not forsake the assembling of yourself together uh, as a manner of some. In other words, there were some back in that day were saying, I don't need to go to church. I stay home today. I stay home and watch my, what did they have back, my horse. 
I don't know what they had, my donkey, my mule, because they didn't have what we have today. We have Jaguars, Mercedes, you know. You know we have all these fancy cars, you know. I stay home. There was some back in those days, they just said, we won't come into church. We just ain't doing it. And Paul says, no, 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 no. You know, I believe Paul. He said, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the evil day approaching. How many know, can I ask you a question? Has become less evil or more evil? Can I, can I, can, say it again? So he said, as much as you see the evil day approaching, come together what? More. I see people coming together what? Less. A recipe for disaster. The more evil you got in your atmosphere, the more you need to be in the house. The more junk you got in your trunk, the more you need to be in the house. The more stuff you got going on in your house, the more you need to be in God's house with God's people. The more you see the evil day approaching, come together more. Every time the church opens, show up and get with the other believers. Because that's the context in which God speaks to you. Because he didn't make us an island to himself. And anybody who thinks that way, they're going to miss what God has for them. See, I discovered that I had a calling to do what I do because of other people that were around me. I went to church every Sunday. I was on the front row. My wife would tell you, I got up. I was there oftentimes 30 minutes early. If they said 10 o'clock, that we be having some uh, refreshments, I was there probably like 9.45. I wanted everything that God had for me. I wanted it all. I want that fellowship. Because how many know fellowship is important? Fellowship, let me tell you, I will say fellowship is more important. I got more growth out of, listen, I got more growth a lot of times out of just talking to other people that were in the body that made themselves available to me. A lot of times. Now watch. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Paul was speaking about an offering, but this was really in the, in the, in the context of a regular attendance in church. Watch this. Paul says here, he says, on the first day of the week, let each of you uh, lay, lay something aside, storing up, for, uh, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. In other words, Paul, there was an expectation that the people would come together at least once a week. Everybody say once a week. Everybody say the first day of the week. What's the first day of the week? What's the first day of the week? Where are you supposed to be at? Another reason we come to church is we want to get equipped. Everybody say equipped. I'm, I'm a servant of God. You're serving God? How are you serving God? What, what are you serving? How many know that, that if you're not being equipped, you're not really prepared to serve, spiritually speaking? So watch this. So watch. So he gave some. This is uh, Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 13. And he gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. We call this a five-fold ministry. Anybody ever heard of that? What? For the equipping. Everybody say equipping. Equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So one of the reasons why we come to church is that we want to be equipped. I want to learn. See, so when we gather together as unbelievers, you know, we, we, we learn stuff. We grow. We understand what it is that God wants us to do. Your maturity is tied to your being connected to the rest of the body. You can't get spiritually mature without being connected to God's people. Under the umbrella of the fivefold gifts, teaching, ministry. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I know this is just stable. I'm almost done. It's stable for a few minutes, for a few moments. 
for the edifying of the body, to we all come to the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God, to, a, to the measure of a, a, a mature, a, a stature, or perfect man means mature, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Another reason we come to church, watch this. We want to encourage one another. Watch this. To be encouraged and encourage others. Beware, brethren, lest, uh, this is uh, Hebrews 3, verses 12 through 13. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, but exhort one another while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. You know what the writer is saying there? He's saying, watch this. Beware. Beware. That's what he says there. He says, beware. Why? Because how many know, how many know that is, is, if, if we're not careful, Staying out, when you're not gathering together with other believers, you're more vulnerable to deception. There's a lot of Christians who don't know their Bible who are very deceived because they're not connected. And a lot of people ain't hearing because they ain't gathering. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so watch. So he said, be careful now because you, if you're not careful, you'll depart from the living God. You'll, you'll, you'll catch an evil heart of unbelief. How many know that you stay away from the people of God enough, you develop no faith? How many know this, that you develop faith? You develop faith for, for what you uh, feed yourself and your mind with. Whether it's unbelief, doubt. How many know you can develop a faith for it? And so in order to be encouraged by one another, how, how many know we, we need to be around one another? You see? Because sin will make you stupid and weak. You know, sin will blind you. Ever find, come on, be honest. You ever notice that, 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 that people can be giants in so many areas where they do so stupid things like, man, well, why are you doing that? Stu- that's stupid. Why are you doing that? Sin will make you blind. Sin will mislead you. It will play tricks on your mind. So he says what? Be very careful is what he said that so that there won't be in you an evil heart that departs from God. And he's telling you that because he knows that it's very possible that it could happen when you're not gathering with other believers. He says, let us, Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. How many of you in here need to be stirred up? You need to be stirred up. I don't know about you, but I, I, I need to be stirred up. With some of the stuff I'm dealing with, that, come on, church. Anybody got some stuff they're dealing with that I just need to be stirred up? I, I need some help, man. I got some stuff I'm battling. I'm dealing. Brother, I need some help. I want to be encouraged. And have me know encouragement don't always come in the form of just patting you on the back and telling you how wonderful you are. Encouragement sometimes will come with a hard word, but it'll bless you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So to be, so I want to be, listen, I want to encourage others and I want to be encouraged. So the more I gather with other believers, this is the benefit of church to me. I get encouraged. It, it breaks my heart when I see people who are giving up. And, you know, have you ever known anybody that gave up on God? They just stopped, stopped altogether. They stopped praying, stopped reading, stopped doing everything. Because after a while, how many of you say, oh, I'm going to miss one Sunday? Come on, be honest. And then that one Sunday turned to two Sundays and then three Sundays and four Sundays. Then a month, you ain't been in church. And you're trying to figure, man, how did that happen? Don't take much. Am I preaching this morning? I ain't hooping and hollering, but I think I'm preaching. To hear what, listen, secondly, watch this. You want to hear, oh, five more minutes and I'm done. I promise. Y'all ready? Five, okay. 
to hear what God has to say to you and fellow believers. So another reason why you want to come to church, you want to hear what God has to say to you and to fellow believers. How many know that? See, I, I preach in, in series here. You know why I preach in series? A lot of pastors do. Because we're dull of hearing. We are. So we have to drive. It takes four weeks to drive home one simple point for people to get it. All right? This, this is just the way it works. Every now and then we got somebody out there who's really on their ball. They can catch it. But other folks, you got you to give it to them 15 different ways so they can get it. But, but, you know, whenever you miss out, if you call yourself a part of this assembly, this is your church and you miss out, how many know that every time you miss, there's a nugget, there's something that God intended for you to have that you didn't get it? You're supposed to get it, but you won't hear to get it. And, and here's, the, here's the truth. I know this is the truth. You, you know, I'll, I'll catch it on the Internet. A lot of times you don't catch it on the Internet because you're too busy. You don't care. Come on. Every single time. Watch it. Are y'all hearing me say, come on, you hear me say, man. Watch this. There's just something that is for you. God, let me know that God has ordained something for you. There's prayer to go into what we do. We are working within the structure of what God has set up, the church. And so when you're not here, how many times, come on, be honest, how many times have you been sitting in that chair and you heard me preach or somebody preach and you thought about somebody else that was just telling you about an issue and you're thinking, man, they should have been here today. Boy, boy, I wish, I wish brother so-and-so, I wish sister so-and-so because they needed to hear this. Have anybody ever heard, you, come on, you, you've been there, you've done that. And then, and then for, and for me, it's frustrating because they'll come to me and they'll tell me they'll unload on me. And I look at them like, dude, I just preached on that a whole three weeks and you show up for one part of the series. So now I got to go back and repeat all over again what you should have been getting in the first place by just coming to church on a regular basis. Are y'all hearing me this morning? So another reason, and I'm not going to belabor it, another reason is we got to serve one another. There's two more and we're done. This one and the next one. Another reason to come to church we want to serve. For brethren, you've been called to liberty. Don't use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love, serve one another. One of the ways that we, we love each other and we demonstrate love for each other is when we serve one another. How I many know we're called to help each other out? We're supposed to serve one another. If you're a part of the body, this is how the Bible said in the early church that, that many of them would happen was they had needs and they, they met each other's needs. They were serving each other. And sometimes serving each other means that I just, need, I just need to have your ear. The Bible says confess your sins one to another that you might be healed. You know, uh, you know sometimes I, I, just need to, I, I just need somebody I can talk to about what, what, what's going on with my life. That's a form of service. So, so we, need, we need to serve each other. How many know confession is your protection? Let me say that again. Because the devil, the devil will tell you everything else. The devil will tell you that if you confess that those people will never love you, they will look at you, they will judge you. There may be some folks out there who are like that, but real Christians that love God, they will welcome the fact that you confess what you're dealing with. If you come and you confess something to me and there's some man that's like, I'm going to tell you, I've seen a lot. I ain't, I'm not going to be like, oh, wow, whoa, do what you do. I've seen it all. And more importantly, God's seen it all. So we need to talk about these things. Nobody, don't walk out of here jacked up in Jesus' name. Get free. How many know the church, you're supposed to get free in church? You don't come into church taking the same baggage you walked in with. Come on, church. Get free. Look at the neighbor and say, get free. And then tell you, neighbor again, stay free. And lastly, 
We need to strengthen our faith. Coming to a regular basis will strengthen your faith. How many know the Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God? Here's a question for you. What are you feeding yourself with? What are you hearing most of the time? What are you listening to? See, I said it a moment ago. You would develop faith for whatever you feed your mind with. See, if you keep feeding your mind with worldly thinking, you know what's going to happen? You're going to think like the world and you're going to become anti-God in your disposition because that's what you feed yourself with most of the time. So watch this. So every time I come to church and, I, and, I, and I'm hearing the word of God, you know what I'm doing? I'm, I'm strengthening my faith. I'm stimulating my faith because I'm in an environment. That's the difference. That's how somebody can be one weak in faith, the difference between someone who's weak in faith and someone who's strong. I guarantee the one that's strong, they're always feeding their spirits. Are y'all hearing me? They're always feeding their spirits, watch this church, with, with, with the word of God. So listen, you got to be intentional about your growth and connection to the body. Everybody say be intentional. You got to be intentional about it. So you need to figure out a way to make sure that you're feeding your soul so your fret, so that, so that your, your spirit man can stay strong and your faith will stay strong because your faith is going to be tested. Your faith will be tested. There's sickness, disease, all kind of stuff. The enemy, your faith will be tested. But it's something about the time if I feed my mind with the word of God, then my faith level is going to go up. Because I'm going to, listen, you know why? Because I'm eating from his table. I'm eating from his table. So you know what's going to happen? My faith is going to get stronger. You're going to get stronger. What are you feeding yourself with? Now, here's what I want you to understand. Here's what I want you to do. First, I want you to have a radical change in your mindset. So, I want everybody looking up. I'm done. I'm just, I'm just going to talk to you this morning. So, so understand something. I want you to have a radical change in how you see church. We just gave you some scripture context. I want you to understand and I want you to live your life from this moment forward, knowing that you build your life around making sure that you gather with God's people. If you stay out of God's people for any length of time, your faith is going to get weak. And you don't have to listen. I've been doing this for a long time. I see it all the time. I used to work uh, while the piano, while the music is playing. Listen, I used to work uh, when I first was a, came on the police department many years ago. I used to work midnight shift. And I, well, back in those days, so we worked days one week, midnights. I'm sorry, days, evenings, and mids. So it was hard for me to try to figure out, like, you know, where I was going because the schedule was terrible. It was a horrible schedule. And that would be nice. I'd get off in the morning. Listen to me. On Sundays, I'd get off in the morning, like, at 6 or 7 in the morning. And I knew church service started at 11. You know, a lot of times I would just stay, I would stay at the station. I would sleep in my car. But I knew that I was going to go to church. And, yeah, there was some time I had to get up and splash water on my face. But I knew that I needed that more than me than my sleep. I needed to get that because that's once a week. So you know what I would do? Then a lot of times, if I knew I was going to be up on Sunday, I'll get extra sleep the next day to cover me. You, you follow? You follow what I'm saying? Because everything I did, I want to make sure I'm in the house of God. I got to be around His people. If I'm going to be a strong Christian, I got to be around the people of God. Why? God arranged the whole body to work that way. You can't go outside of that and think that you're going to be a strong Christian without God's people. You got to have that in your life. You got to have that. I tell my kids, build your life around the gathering with God's people. Coming to church. You make it happen. You got to do it. Because how many know that every blessing 
every so-called blessing ain't always from the Lord. You got to watch. Anything that's going to pull you away from God, you better look at it twice. Everything I do, the first thing, I mean, I, the context I do, how is this going to affect my church life? How is this going to affect my spiritual growth? And if it's going to affect my spiritual growth, I'm not, I'm, 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 I can't do that. I can't. Something got to change because if I stay away too long, it won't be long before you slip into a pattern of doing a certain behaviors that you thought I would never do, but man, you're doing them now because you're, you're not connected. Everybody say connected. I want you to get connected. And then secondly, after you get developed this conviction, then help. How many know you're responsible for everybody that should be here that's not We all responsible for each other. So encourage your brothers and sisters who are not coming. You know why? Because the devil is beating them up. I'm telling you right now, the devil, I know what I'm talking about. I know. I listen to people. The devil is beating them up. Beating them up. So, so, so encourage the brother. Come on, you need to, you need to come and come and get encouraged, and not, you know, not just from the pastor who's preaching, but, but you need brothers and sisters around. Come on, brother. Come on, you need help. I don't. I'm not going to leave you here. I'm not going to let you die. I'm not going to let you drown. No, no. I'm going to come to you. If you don't see somebody more than two weeks, harass them in a good way. Y'all don't talk about right. I ain't talking about. Don't stalk nobody. I don't want nobody to get arrested and say, Pastor, no, we don't, we don't do that. But just call them and say, brother, how you doing? I ain't seen you in a couple weeks. Everything all right. Just want to check in on you. You know? It's what we're supposed to do. It's what we're called to do. Every head is bowed. Father in Jesus.